I would like to talk to you about the most persecuted people on earth. Now, in most political arguments, the victim automatically wins, unless they're the biggest victims of all, which is Christians. Nearly everyone, including Christians, ignore Christian suffering. The greatest oppressors are China, North Korea, and Islam. Let me talk to you a little bit about the history of Islam and religions. I call this the Tears of Jihad. There were, in the course of 1400 years of Jihad, there were 10 million Buddhists, 60 million Christians, 80 million Hindus, and 120 million Africans who died. And we need to understand that we're losing right now to political Islam, and the reason is we're losers because of our divisions. When you talk about Christians in Islam, you get the following responses. First off, Christians are endlessly divided and would rather fight amongst themselves. Let me give you an example that come from my email inbox. Protestants who ran about Jesuits say that Catholics invented Islam, Christians ran about the Jews, and on and on and on and on. Now, most Christians are pleasant, pious, and afraid of offending anybody, but they're also timid and fearful. Now, I'm only talking about 95% of them. Christians have a peculiar belief that their kind of Christianity will be protected by their God, and only the wrong types of Christianity will be weeded out by Islam. Many Christians think that they can be friends of Islam and believe in the family of Abraham. Let me say this much about the family of Abraham, which is an Islamic concept. The Abraham of the Quran is not the Abraham of the Torah. Jesus and Mary of the Quran are not the Jesus and Mary of the Gospels. And furthermore, Christians refuse to deal with the attack of Quran on the Christian doctrine. Then we have our atheists. They're all religions are bad. Now they may have compassion for blacks and brown people in the United States, but not the brown and black Christians in Africa and the Middle East. Why are we losers? We're fools who do not see that Islam is always taking down the Kafirs one group at a time. We fight amongst ourselves instead of against political Islam, which will annihilate all of us. The bigger truth is, all Kafirs are endlessly divided. It's not just the Christians. The lesson of Muhammad is he took the Kafirs down one group at a time. So Christians, Hindus, Buddhists, atheists, pagans, and Jews will all be annihilated until we see that we are all Kafirs, all of us. No matter whether you're a Christian or not, even an atheist should take a moral position about the persecution of Christians in the Middle East and Africa. Silence is consent. Let me repeat that. Silence is consent. If you can or cannot find compassion for the sufferings of Christians, then what about another large group of victims? Women. Women are subjugated in Islam. Why can we not speak of their suffering? Why are Christians silent? Why are feminists silent? So if you hate a particular religion or group, just wait. Your enemy will be destroyed, but then so will you. I want to introduce you here to a Coptic Christian who's going to give you some facts on the ground of the front line of Christian persecution in Egypt. Thank you. Okay. Well, hello, I'm Bill Warner, and I want to interview a guest today. This man is, a, this gentleman is from Egypt. He's a Coptic Christian. And I think it's important that we all learn who the Coptic Christians are because in the past of the Coptic Church, we can see the future of us in America. So, Mark, welcome. I'm, I'm delighted that you said that you would do an interview with us. First off, tell us something this. What is a Copt? Copt uh, Coptic people are ethnic group. They are believed to be the descents of the ancient Egyptians. And they're genetically distinct after the Arabic Islamic invasion in the 7th century. And it ha they were called Copt because those Islamists 
called the natives of Egypt Copts. They have to be natives of the country and they were uh, of, of a different faith. They were Christians. So you, uh, the reason I ask you this question is that most people think that the Egyptians were Arabs, but this is absolutely not true. That's and there's also true. a minority of Americans who think that the Egyptians were black, African. Nope. So what you're telling me is you're the descendant of the pharaohs. Yes. We had dark skin. We share some Mediterranean features, but we're not black. Okay. One of the things I want to explain to our audience is that Mark's face is blurred out. The reason for this is very simple, and I asked him about it before we did the interview. He has relatives left in Egypt, and it would be possible these relatives will be harmed if he says something about Islam that Muslims in Egypt don't like. So I asked him if he wanted this protection, and he said yes, he did. This gives you an insight into the problem of the Coptic Christian in Egypt today. How old is the Coptic Church, Mark? The Coptic Church is almost 2,000 years old. This is something else that, that Christians in the United States do not understand. The Coptic Christians are, if we want to talk about original Christians, they would qualify for being as original Christian as anyone, because Christianity moved to Egypt early in its growth. So, so the Coptic Church is about 2,000 years old, and what percentage of Egypt is Coptic today? Um, there is no official um, statistics about this, and a lot of uh, officials do it for security reasons. But it's not less than 20% of the total population of Egypt. So roughly 20%. When roughly Islam invaded, 20%. what percentage of Egypt was Christian? Well, close to 100 Right. So what we see is in the last 1400, or actually 1300 years, Christianity has shrunk from being all of Egypt down to only 20%. And by the way, as best I can tell from reading the news and stuff, the church is still shrinking in Egypt today. Now, one of the things that the Christians in the United States believe is, first off, the Christians in the United States will by and large believe anything that a Muslim tells them. I just, I'm just here to tell you that. So if a Muslim says it, it's true. They also believe in this concept of family of Abraham, in which Islam and Christians and Jews are all living together in one happy family. And yet, what we know from your experience and others is, it's not a very happy family at all. So what I would like for you to do is to give me some experiences in your life that it happened because you're a Christian in an Islamic land. Personal ideas. Yes, well, in Islam, the Jesus of Islam is not the Jesus of Christianity. Correct. And, and the Abraham of Islam is not Abraham of Geo-Christian belief. It's totally different, two different people. They just believe that, the, that Jesus and Abraham were just prophets. Then whoever, and in Quran, the Quran, they say, whoever believes that Jesus is God or the Son of God is a Kafir. And Kafir should be humiliated and uh, or called to Islam to convert to Islam or being just persecuted or killed. By the way, let me point out that this business of humiliation, Islam has in its Sharia law lays out all the criteria for how you to treat your slaves. The slaves are not to be humiliated, but 
in Quran verse 9, 29, it says that the Jews and the Christians, the people of the book, are to be subjugated and they are to be humiliated when they pay the jizya tax, which in Muhammad's day, the jizya tax, which was the tax of tolerance, was 50% of your income, which is quite a lot of tolerance. So tell me some personal stories. Um, I've been bullied, like, since maybe the, my first grade. Like, we call it in Egypt the first um, primary one. That's the first grade equivalency in, e in America. So since primary one, I got um, some friends, supposed to be friends, but they, they were not fully friends, that they would kind of bully me and beat me because I believe in three gods. And that's what Islam taught them, teach them. They, the Quran failed to educate about the doctrine of Trinity, so of course they're going to they're going to believe Islam and they they assume that I'm a liar, that I worship three gods and they start to bully me for it. They're really young. We were really young people. We were really young kids. We just know. I know that I believe in Jesus and he is the only God. And I know that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are still one God, but they don't believe me. They, they think that I'm deceiving them. Another thing is... And a couple of years later, when they go, for example, to for a prayer, like the noon prayer, they come back, they don't talk to me, they don't touch me because I will unpurify them. You're unclean. I'm unclean. I believe the word is kafir hajjahs. Yeah, you know, you know the washes that they do before yes. prayers, wudu. So I would defile if this is the right word, Filthy there would do, because I'm a kafir. Uh, being pushed to recite the Quran in the Arabic uh, class, we used to have Arabic literature from and verses uh, from the Quran and the Hadith with the entire interpretation. And part of it is to memorize it. That's the, that was a torture part for me. And some of the teachers, they just, out of the 30 people, the 30 students in the class, they would choose me to stand up and recite Quran because it will make him feel better. A form of subjugation. Yes. And humiliation. Humiliation. Tell me about the treatment of Christian women in, in an Islamic society in Egypt. Women generally don't have that much right as in the West. And it's kind of subjective because in the main area, in the main cities, like around Cairo, Alexandria, the main cities across the Nile, women can work, can do, be part of the society, and there's a lot of political correctness in this, and quotas. But as you go far away from those metropolitan cities, women are way humiliated, humiliated. And especially in Upper Egypt, women, uh, Christian women are being kidnapped and forced to convert. I've heard this. And they don't do anything about it. It's whatever, if she's gone, she's gone. This would break a parent's heart. 
the entire society because at the end we're kind of connected the, the, the church is connected with dioceses and archbishops and bishops so everyone knows everything about everything happening and it's kind of humiliating for the entire community not just the parents or heartbreaking for the parents but for the, com the, the congregation and I'm in Cairo and I hear something happening in Asyut a couple hundred miles away and I can't do anything. The government will not, will not protect and they will not help. So if your daughter's kidnapped by Muslims, there's no sense reporting it to the police almost because they're not going to do anything. People do report because they have to do something, but the outcome is basically nothing right well tell me about some acts of jihad that you're familiar with that have happened in your recent knowledge in particular i'm thinking of how churches are destroyed yes um churches building churches is kind of restricted in egypt anyways people the government doesn't build churches we have to build the churches from our own money and we have to get a national security permission or a permission from the president himself to build a church and that's like the church that i know that i used to attend they were able to do only one church in 40 years and a service building and the, the point is it takes too much and too much time to build a church and yet we may get attacked by any extremist and blow it and it's gone it happened in 2015 2017 2016 even back into the the early 2000s lots of churches in upper egypt were uh, were taken down even when christians needed to worship somewhere if they just you know met at one of the, the houses and they just you know read the bible or sing a hymn or something or something um the mob would drag them and burn the house the mob has also killed christians in some of the churches as well am i not, am I not correct yes yes well, well they they target churches when it's occupied not which was empty because there's no point being you know targeting churches when it's empty you have to you know um attack the infidels just terrify them and tell them not to do this anymore not just a building have you ever had any Christians in America be ha ask inquiring questions about you as a Christian from Egypt? Not really. I didn't really think few. so. Very, very few who are, first, people who know that there are Christians in Egypt, because a lot of people, they don't know. That's right. The, the second thing, how they are familiar with Islam and Sharia. Because if they buy the political correctness image, they will just don't care. And some knows that Sharia is bad, but they don't care to educate themselves 
how bad it is or what Sharia says about them if they decided to live under Sharia. I ask every, I ask Christians this question, I ask every question, two questions. Number one, how many Muslims has your church converted? None. None. What has your church done about the persecuted church in the Islamic lands of Africa and the Middle East? They don't want to talk about it. So I am notorious for condemning Christians for not following their own gospels, which teach that they're supposed to support the educated, not the educated, the persecuted Christian, and they don't do that. And the Great Commission applies to Muslims as well, and yet they don't ever try to do anything about that. So I'm a harsh critic of the churches here in America because they do not have real compassion and they reject knowledge about Islam. The re simple reason for this is they're actually quite frightened, which they're not supposed to be. Mark, so how many times have you been called to Islam? I've been called to Islam at least twice a year through my entire life. Well, as what long as I you tried, Muslims. What would happen if you tried to explain Christianity to a Muslim? What would happen to you then? It's not allowed. It's not allowed to, to preach about Christianity in any Arabic country because it's a national security e issue. In Egypt, that would be... I would get arrested and being somewhere that no one knows where I am for years. It, I, it's totally forbidden to, to preach or any missionaries of any kind to be there. Well, this is what I figured out. So my heart goes out to you. Well, Mark, I want to thank you very much for volunteering to do this interview because I think it's important that everyone understand the nature of the churches in Islamic lands, and it is not a pretty picture. So you're a brave man to speak on this issue, and I greatly appreciate your bravery. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you, Dr. Bill. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.